Welcome to the Dr. Mudgill Podcast. I'm Dr. Mudgill. Through this podcast, I will be sharing stories that I find personally inspiring and that I know will inspire you too. In this podcast, I'll be speaking with Param Singh. Param is a co-founder of the music streaming service, Seven. Find out how Parham and his team turned an innovative concept into a $1.5 billion business. You're going to love his story. All right, guys, welcome to the Dr. Mudgill podcast. It is super exciting for me to welcome Parham Singh, who is the co-founder, founder or co-founder? Co-founder. Co-founder of Seven, which is the, from what I understand, the third largest music streaming service in the entire world. So I think there's there's a streaming service in China that's number one. Uh, yes, in terms of users. And then Spotify and yes. then Subin. So that's a pretty Nothing. big, pretty big uh, distinction right there. And um, we're going to learn all about Subin. We're going to learn all about Parm's, you know, road to just like, like I think about a billion dollars or something crazy like that, right? That's right, recently. So we're going to learn all about it. But if you listen to this podcast, you know that I like to take it way back and you know, start from the beginning. Um, so I know Parm, like me, is you're from Long Island, but were you born in Long Island? Born and raised, I actually was uh, grew up in a house in, in New Hyde Park. But by the time I was in the first grade, I moved into the house where I actually live right now. Cool. Which happens to be down the block from the house my wife grew up in. That's right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, I guess, you know, for me growing up, you know, I was like one of the only, uh, I was the only Indian kid, I think, in my elementary school. I imagine it was probably pretty similar for you. Yes, that's right. I mean, I was definitely the only Sikh kid in my school, you know. Like all through, even like middle school, high school. Yes, that's right. That's right. So like until you got to college. Until I got to college, I actually had only American friends growing up until I got to college. Yeah. Uh, Then I had a much more international kind of uh, crew of, of friends, but... Yeah, it was it was a great, interesting experience. You know, being the only C kid. Yeah. When I was in, you know, elementary school, we used to get into little, little, you know, fights. Kids would make fun, you know, this and that. But fortunately, I was always a big guy, right, you know. Right. So I would. You know, take, I, 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 I would have taken any prisoners, but you know, I would definitely handle my own. <laughs> but you, you have a very tight, like just knowing you now, like your family is like super, super tight. I mean, there's like you know cousins and obviously your siblings, of course, but. You had like a you had like a network of Sikhs growing up. Right? Oh yeah, like that's right. That's right. The community, you know. As a matter of fact, when my grandfather came here in the early 1950s, you know, as a medical doctor. Are you serious? Yeah. 1950s. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He came as an ENT specialist in Manhattan Eye and Ear. Oh wow. And uh, he came. So and were your parents born here? My dad came when he was eight years old. At that. Oh time. no way. Yeah, he was eight years old, and basically. Uh, my grandfather in the early 70s started the first Gurdwara in New oh, York wow. at, in Richmond Hill, Queens. Oh, no way. Yeah, so he started the first Gurdwara. And, and because of that... So that's he, a, it's a it's a temple for Sikhs. If, that's if, right. In case you're not sure. It's a temple for Sikhs. Uh, it was the first one in New York. And uh, that started a, a community. So, you know, when I was a, a kid, I would always see my grandfather. He was kind of the leader in the community when the, whenever there was... Issues in India, for example, in 1984, there were riots at the Golden Temple in in Punjab and in Amritsar. And, uh, you know, my grandfather was on TV over here, like talking about the Sikhs and, you know, giving people some, you know, background and education on who we are and where we come from. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I had no idea, man. That's pretty well. Yeah. So does your dad even have like an Indian accent? (laughs) (laughs) Not really. Not really. My dad really doesn't actually, because he he actually went back and forth when... uh, 
you know, he went to boarding school because it was tough, you know, growing up here and right. in the city. And, and you know, um, he actually went to this school, which is still around today in Manhattan, called Ethical Cultural School. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah, actually yeah. now it's part of um, Fieldson or, or Fieldson, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I think the kids are Fieldson or Hor- No, I think it's Fieldson. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a pretty yeah. it's a pretty well-established uh, school. So in those days, wow. he was the only kid with the turban. So he would tell everybody that he was a prince from India. Ah, you know? that's right. So, but he, he went back to boarding school, came, went back and forth. And, um, you know, he actually went to IIT Bombay, which is a very prestigious kind yeah. of school in, in Pune. It's like the MIT of India. Kind that's of right. Area. That's right. So... So because he got into that, so he went there, but then he never worked as an engineer, even though he, you know, got a nuclear engineering degree. He Are just, you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. no way. Yeah, he went straight into uh, real estate, you know, as soon as So he what, like, so he came back and he finished college or advanced degree or whatever, you know, master's or, you know, whatever yes. degree he has. Um, he didn't come to work as an engineer then? He didn't? No, so actually he, he actually had got a mechanical engineering degree from, from the IIT and then came here and uh, went to the Brooklyn Institute of Technology, which mm. is now part of New York, um, and, uh, and got a nuclear engineering degree here. But as soon as he graduated, he basically went straight into, uh, he was an entrepreneur. You know, he's the, one of the, he's the reason that I, you know, do what I do um, because you know, I just learned so much as a kid just watching my dad. You know, you know. So what, like, what, so he was in real estate. Yes. So what was like? What got the ball rolling? So you know, originally, what my grandfather would always do is he would always save. You know, he was a doctor. He was earning decent money. Mm-hmm. And, those were know, good days. Yeah, those are good days yeah. of doctors, and and he would always save money. And uh, my father basically, you know, always had this inspiration that he never wanted to work. You know, so he, he so he always loved the business of real estate, where you. You know, basically buy income-producing assets, and you know, you let them grow, and and all, and any all. So these like apartment buildings. Yeah, or apartment buildings mostly in, in New York. In New York, in mostly in Queens, and uh, you know, Brooklyn. So multi-family home type thing. Multi-family or, apartment or, buildings. Yeah, okay. exactly. Like buildings. Buildings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so they started out with smaller buildings, mm-hmm. like three families, four families. Uh, but then he basically pulled together a group of partners, basically four of them, uh, two Indian guys and two Greek guys. Okay. And they basically uh, at one point had, you know, thousands of apartments all over the city. Oh, it's worse. Yeah. And then what? Well, they had a little downturn in the early 90s, which also I learned a lot from as well, when they were a little bit over leveraged and they had a number of buildings uh, and they were just, you know, on acquisition mode. And in that at that time, you know, the market went down, loans were coming due, things were over leveraged. So then they had to kind of downsize a little bit. And then eventually they all split up their assets. And till this day, they're all partners in different buildings here and there. Okay. But, um, so they each kind of had their own thing. But they yeah. still have like that Venn diagram, that middle Yeah, exactly. Sure. That's right. But so that's been his business. And, and from there, my dad's continued to you know, acquire real estate assets. But after the early 90s issue, he decided to diversify. And he was like, you know what, like, I just can't only rely on real estate. I want to be able to do other things, you know? So, you know, he took me all over the world, you know. So what did he diversify into? (laughs) Some of it is so crazy out there. She'll be like, what, you know, what is your dad doing? So I'll I'll tell you. So he he started investing in, you know, uh, oil drilling in Texas. So till this day, he still gets some income from some, you know, assets in Wow. Yeah. How yeah. do you even get into that? Well, what he started doing was he was going down to Texas and he was buying real estate because they wanted to have a, you know, between Houston and New York, you know, you, they, there was kind of a market, 
dynamics such that, you know, if one market was up, the other one was down. And, mm. you know, at least that used to be the theory back then. And so he went down to Texas and he started buying a lot of real estate over there. Oh. And when he was down there, he had started understanding the whole concept of owning, you know, basically the underlying asset, which is like the oil and, you know, being able to then drill. And, and, you know, oh, he got into that whole business and really? yeah, 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 it's, it's nuts. So that's like one example, you know, uh, at one point he took me to Malaysia between, because, you know, we, we were working with these people in Malaysia as well as uh, Venezuela, like both with the governments, because in Malaysia they have the perfect climate to produce something called palm oil, right? So in Venezuela, they didn't have the expertise or know-how, but it's a major export for Malaysia. So my dad had me coming, flying with him, you know, going to Malaysia, going to Venezuela, wow. meeting with the, you know, uh, literally the president of Venezuela, like, oh, uh, sure. you know, when I was like 15, 16 years old, you know. That's crazy. That's yeah, crazy. exactly. Wow. So, so that's like a, like a pretty badass entrepreneur, right? Yeah, he's done all kinds of stuff, man. All kinds of stuff. And everything was like successful. Not everything was successful. That's, that's one of the other major learnings that I've also learned, right, is that you know, uh, my dad had a lot of trust in people, right? And then many times that trust failed him, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, and, and, and he had too much trust where he didn't do the full due diligence mm-hmm. on things. And that, that, that taught me a lot, man, because yeah. I, I, I never, you know, while I do trust, you know, right. I never kind of, uh, kind of get involved in something without doing full due diligence right. and really understanding did your dad get burned badly at times? Like, you know, or you know, yes and no. Yes and no. Not like because you. because the thing is that the other investments that did well right. kind of more than compensated. So it's right, like right. the typical venture model. Totally. You know, right. where it's like you invest in ten things, right. you know, six, seven may fail, but you know, the other few kill one or two will be okay and then one might just kill it, you know? Right. So it's like I mean, I knew obviously your family was successful. I you know, I, I had no idea like the extent of your dad's like diversity of ventures oh man i mean there's so many more i mean like um he, he one of the things that really got me into the film bug was basically um you know what what they started doing my dad and one partner was acquiring content from california from from uh basically film and television assets you know like and mostly like not like a films but like B films, like by, by movie, like what? Van Damme movies, uh-huh. and you know, oh, really? yeah, 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 things like that. And then we would distribute them in India in the early nineties. Okay, right? so you like buy the rights then, or just buy yeah, the we whole would movie? buy the rights for the territory. Oh, wow. So we'd buy the rights for these movies, and we would theatrically release them in India. We would release them, you know, on like home a video, out and all that stuff, home video, television. Oh wow! That's yeah, cool. and and so so we were, you know, at one point we were one of the biggest distributors. And that's why if you ever remember going to India as a kid and you'd go to like the local video store and you'd have all these like weird B movies and not like what's like right, right, right. famous. I don't know if you remember this, if you yeah, ever I, did that. I, I was so little. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's really what it was. And, oh, that's and, 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 and that's because we didn't have the money to go and buy like, you know, the, you know, Top Gun and bring right, that right, to right. India. So we would go and get like something else. You oh, know? That's, wow. Man, yeah, that's yeah, crazy, yeah. Man. So... <laughs> So all kinds of television content too, you know, we're providing. And then we, we actually, I mean, he sold that business in 1999 or whatever, 2000 to Sony, you know, oh, no way. originally they got into like some sort of a lawsuit because uh-huh. they had holdback rights on certain things that gotcha. they were releasing, blah, blah, blah. And then Sony ended up just buying all the assets of, of the oh, business. Yeah. But, but I learned a lot. So that's right before I went to college, um, you know, and, and I remembered like going to LA 
you know, going to India, you know, we had offices in Mumbai and uh, in, in, in... So your dad would take you to work with them, basically, like at a meeting? Yeah, no, I'm not only that, man, it's, you know, I would get involved, right? You know, I, you know, I was all, at that point, I've had so many experiences and, you know, good and bad, been burned, been, you know... So you just like a 16, 17, 18 yeah. year old? Like your dad just to trust your opinion? Like yeah, I mean, yeah. He, that's one of the things he always did was that he always kind of, you know, gave me, gave me the wings to fly, you know what I mean? And if I fell, I fell. But, you know, he just kind of encouraged that, you know? Oh, man. Well, I guess that that explains a lot, man. <laughs> you know, what's crazy to me is... So where you grew up, I mean, I hope you don't mind me talking about this, but... Where you grew up is like basically like the baller place to live in Long Island, right? It's like this town where both like a jillion dollar homes and like, you know, it's like a really, it's probably the, the most beautiful part of Nassau County. Usually when like there's like a someone who has like this crazy amount of hustle and you probably have like, you know, top five hustle of anyone I know um, and maybe number one hustle of anyone I know. It's usually like a story where don't grow up with stuff and like, you know, like this, you know, this have this like burning desire to you know to make it to like accumulate wealth and you know have success and all that stuff you know you you had like everything kind of sounds like you know growing up I mean you obviously you had your dad as a role model but very rarely do you see someone who just doesn't coast you know it's there's very few people that have such incredible drive when you have a lot to begin with right to me, that's what really impresses me about you. It's like, wow, yeah, you know, because most of the people I know who kind of grew up in that neighborhood are, you know, just kind of coast, you know, like play golf all day and just chill and, you know, that they, or just go into the family business. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, I, I, we'll talk about it, I'm sure. I'm sure you probably have some involvement in whatever the, your dad's businesses and stuff are, but you created this totally different thing, like, you know, yeah. I mean, just a new thing that's... You grew from like an idea, which was, I guess, was that like 10 years ago or something? Like, yeah. years ago, to like this literally, I mean, it's worth like value like a billion dollars, right? I mean, 1.5 to be exact was the last round, but yes. That's crazy. <clears throat> I mean, the numbers themselves are just so staggering. I can't even like wrap my head around it. You know, this, even like when we talk about stuff, like when you first came to my office, and you're like, oh man, this is great. You know, like, uh, okay, so how are we going to scale this? And you know, just the way you talk about business, the way you think about things, I, I just beyond my scope of understanding. Um, just because, no, but it really, it's just not my world. Like, I don't mm, know. Yeah. Even like, you know, like when I went to the Gary Vee thing and mm-hmm. there was all these people that were business minded, they were like talking about stuff and using like all these acronyms and things that, yeah, know, it was just lingo for them. It's, it's like when I'm talking to a doctor and like using this terminology, yeah, sure. right? But I had no idea. I literally had to say, like, what the hell, what does that stand for? Like, mm-hmm. you know, what are you guys talking about? Yeah. Sometimes I feel like, you know, with you, I'll just ask you, like, dude, what does that mean? Yeah, but yeah, of course. Just if you can, like, you know, maybe in like a couple of, you know, a, few minutes like kind of explain like how an idea turns into one to a one and a half billion dollar business i mean it's <laughs> well i could just tell you you know uh the the journey that 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 i went through and uh and and you know m- myself my partners and a tight team of people that we that we built over time but yeah i mean i'll, I'll tell you where it came from so so sob so so one root point that I want to, you know, kind of answer to one of your first kind of, you know, my, my dad, as a kid, he would always tell me, you know, he would always tell me, he would say, hey, listen, you know, my job for me, you know, for, you know, for his own father, the way he would look at it was to take whatever dollar he had and 
try to make it a hundred times then. Mm -hmm. Okay, whatever he had, you know. And so I always, you know, kind of grew up with that thinking, right? right? Just saying, okay, whatever my dad's going to give me, whatever I get, and you know, whatever he's built, you know, I need to go hundred x. You know, that's kind of the way that you know my mindset always was, yeah, right? Ten x was big, right? <laughs> well, that's the number that he said, you know. Um, and 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 you know, for me, man, why not thousand x? You know, so. You know, the, the way the way that I always kind of grew up and I always so the reason I would get involved in these businesses and understand what he was trying to do was because I was always trying to figure out, OK, how do we do better? Like, what can we you know, what can we change? How do we, you know, like, you know, make this 100x, mm -hmm. you know, so that's just always been a mindset from the beginning. How I got into the music business and creating Sabin, you know, which you know, uh, was there even music streaming at that time? No, 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 no. So I'll tell you. So, so basically, uh, first, you know, as a kid, I used to play the drums. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't play them as much as now because I don't have the time. But um, you know, I still have my music outlet, which I'll tell you about. But um, you know, I was always a drummer, right? But by the time I got to high school, right, uh, my family wasn't so excited about the fact that I would go and you know be playing drums with a band, and you know, should they always felt that. You know, it was a distraction from my sure. education, yeah. and I would may get into bad habits or things like that. So, my mom was the same way. I played guitar growing up. It was like the same there you thing. go. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, it's part of our Indian cultural right. thing as Focus well. Focus on your studies. Yeah. Exactly. Right. You only need to play one instrument. I used to play a bunch of instruments. My mom would say, "Just oh, you only need one instrument." You know. Like, yeah. yeah. The focus on your study. I mean, very similar. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, so, so for me, that was always kind of suppressed because I loved music. You know, I would, right. you know, I would always have the most badass stereo system. You know, make sure my car, you know, yeah, had the yeah. best, you know, Bump. speaker system. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and I'd always be there. You know, Tuesday at midnight. You know, at the record store, getting you know, tower records. What? Yeah, what's coming out? You know, that was just always my passion, right? Yeah. So, you know, when I got to college, you know, a couple of my, you know, buddies that I, that I kind of started spending time with, one of them was actually a DJ, but he was more like a DJ, beat maker. Today, he's like, one, his name is Hamza. He's, you know, one of the biggest DJs in India right now. Oh, wow. Electronic music, house, you know, he, he's, he's incredible. But he was my, then we ended up becoming college roommates. It's serendipitous, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we, you know, obviously, and, and we would basically, you know, make beats at night sometimes. Just, you know, hang out and just, you know, make beats. And, and you know, it was it was a lot of fun. And so that eventually evolved into when I graduated, came back. My father graduated early. I went to Tufts, you know, came back. My dad wanted me to, you know, join the family business. And I, and I was like, look, you know, I want to kind of maybe go get a job you know I was looking at like maybe invest in bank mm. I didn't know what I wanted to do really I was just looking at stuff and my dad was like no he, he just felt like this insecurity like he just needed to know that I knew what was going on and able to handle the family business so I came back and honestly it was boring because not not that I don't love everything my dad does it's just that it wasn't your passion it, yeah he would just wake up um, you know obviously always be you know hustling and doing things but by the time we get to the office it's after a nice breakfast at home it'd be like right. 11 o'clock then you know well he's also at a different stage right? yeah exactly exactly I mean of course I would understand and would you know everything we do but by the time it was like three o'clock, we're home and like all right. my friends are like, you know, now going into investment banking, they're right. working crazy hours. I'm, I'm like, what am I doing? You know, and I want to take on the world. Right. Which is like my, brings me back to my initial point, right? Like 
the people generally who have that opportunity to go to work at like have this banger breakfast, go to work at 11, be home at uh, three o'clock chilling by the pool. Like that's people are like, yeah, sign me up for that shit. You know, like, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Like, yeah. Know, true. Very, I, I see what you're saying. But like I said, man, I'm not, I'm, I'd like, that's not me either. Right. Yeah, but, exactly. But I also, I didn't grow up like I didn't have that opportunity. I never had, you know, yeah. I mean, maybe it would have been me. I don't but hundred X man, yeah. you know? So. Right. so anyway, so that's, so that's my point. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, so anyway, I, I'll make it a shorter. I know you want you want to make this. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, but, but basically, the, the the thing is, is that you know, um, I convinced my dad to buy this property. I said, look, Jersey City is up and coming. It's right near the city. They just had the path train that was made, and I knew I could get in and out of the city. Yeah. You know, we would always go and check out bands, yeah. things, DJs, clubs totally. at night, whatever. You know, do our Those thing. Those like the days, like the limelight. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, a little later than yeah. that. There's oh shit, but, I'm older uh, than you. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, more like, you know, when Marquis was just getting going okay, and all that right, stuff. Right, right, right. Anyway, so what, what, what would happen is, is that, um, you know, I, I convinced my dad. I was like, look, there's this, you know, up and running area. I want to invest. Like, let's invest into real estate in that area. So the first property that I bought, you know, I kind of made sure that I had like this studio area that mm-hmm. we built in the back. So we ended up building the, this recording studio, this oh, pad wow. or whatever. And my, my roommate from college, Hamza, and one of my other kids, uh, this one friend that I grew up with, uh, his, name is, his name is BJ, actually, which is your middle name. Uh, we all started this company called Pi Records. It was, it was uh, called like Brother Records, mm-hmm. but Pi means... Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, exactly. Cool. And, um, and it, the idea was like, let's make music. And so we ended up assigning a couple of Did artists. Did your dad know like we're doing this on side side? Of course. Or, I mean, at, at a certain point, yes. But my whole logic was that I, you know, I was renting the apartments right. above, which was covering all the costs of the studio and yeah. doing all this stuff. So, so we were able to just have a creative space, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, so we started bringing in these, uh, artists, you know, like, you know, this one Punjabi artist named Jesse from India. Mm-hmm. We had this one hip hop artist, this guy named CX. Like we had a, and then we had a bunch of producers. We actually brought in a couple of producers from Berkeley College of Music. This one guy named Jeff Basker, who has went on to win multiple Grammys, but oh, this wow. is the first project that he ever did with us, uh, which, with Jesse, which was, uh, which was amazing. And, and, you know, Jeff was literally like, you know, working, in our studio for six months, you know, like exclusively working exclusively for us. And now he's went on, went on and he so won. How did you pay us out? You would pay us out? Just, yeah, because, yeah. you know, we would pay. We had to put a little bit of money into right. it, you know. And, yeah, of course, we would pay yeah. uh, for him and a bunch of other producers. But And we thought we were making incredible music. And when Jeff went on and won Grammys, I know we were making great music, right? right? right. But the reality is, is that the music industry was collapsing, right? So... You know, Napster, uh, Napster just came in, iTunes, right. you know, and, and this is like 2003, 2004, 2005, around that period of time. So we would go around, meet with all these record labels, try to talk to them, convince them about our artists and why, you know, they're the next big thing. Uh, but they were just like trying to keep the lights on, you know, people right. are getting laid off. The industry is, you know right. what I mean? And um, so then we said, you know what, like, let's go straight to iTunes, you know, and at that time. Was I actually, anyone doing it at that time? Well, uh, the U.S. industry, I mean, Apple came out and started signing up, you know, labels and sort of, you know, getting them to put their music on iTunes uh-huh. at that time. But nobody from India. Right. right. And that's when, you know, actually like over time. Like, Were you into that music? Like, did you have a familiarity with like, you know, indie music, Bollywood music, all that sort of Because I really have I know nothing about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's interesting. So growing up, right. What, what was what the interesting thing was my parents always wanted me to have my 
you know, like understand my culture right. and understand India and, you know, being able to speak the language and all that. So we would spend summers oftentimes in India. So cool. while I was growing up in, you know, right. Old Westbury right here, you know, we'd be spending two, three months at a time, right. you know, in Delhi or that I would go to Kashmir. And, right. you know, it was a very, you know. So um, you, were, you were immersed in it. You were watching the movies. Yeah. When I was there as a kid, I was watching it. I understood. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, you know, cool. so we, I had both lives. You know, what we say is that. You know, you'd go and you'd, you'd watch like, you know, these these Bollywood movies in, in the living room, but then you go into your room and you're like, you know, listen to like whatever, Dave Matthews Band yeah, or what, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, you know, right. whatever, right? So yeah. it's like you had two cultures that you were living with, right? Anyway, so long and short of it, man, is that, um, you know, we basically went to, like at that point, you know, everyone was kind of going separate ways. We we're realizing like, hey, this thing's not exactly working out. And I met a couple of guys, um, you know, and I, I just wanted to solve the problem because I was really upset the fact that we had great content and we couldn't get it out. Right. right? So um, I essentially, we essentially flew over to iTunes, to Apple at the time. And we basically... How did you get a meeting with them? So it's interesting, man. Like, you know, so at that point I came across a couple of other uh, people that ended up becoming my partners. One of them, this guy named Vin, he's Vinod Vat. I don't know if mm-hmm. you met him or not, but he's... Um, he's basically, you know, one of my partners, um, that I kind of met at this like conference and we kind of connected because we were both trying to solve the same thing. Mm-hmm. At that time they were trying to take Bollywood movies and put them on movies on demand. Okay. And I was trying, and I was trying to take music and put it onto iTunes. Right. So we all just kind of connected and we, through our networks, we just kind of hustled and we, you know, got a meeting, you know, and, and we, and we flew our way out. So who do you meet with? Who do you meet with? Uh, one of the label, one of the kind of label relations people at iTunes, okay. you know, and, and basically, you know, we painted this big picture that, hey, listen, like we did our research. We knew that there was no Indian music right, on right, iTunes. Right. So we told them, hey, we'll bring you all the Indian music, you know, and like, oh, that's interesting. Let's have a meeting. So we had mm-hmm. a meeting, you know, we threw out the word Bollywood, you know, right, right, right. in those days, you know, I, I mean, maybe it was that's a little That's started to really, Bollywood got a lot of awareness of, like, around, maybe a little bit after that. But still, everyone knew it was, like, the biggest movie industry and that sort of stuff, right? Dude, you know, we, we were, like, walking around and we were like, hey, it's Slumdog Millionaire. Give You know, let's raise money. Like, you know, we need $10 million, you know? Like, Slumdog Millionaire is a big movie, you know? So, you know, like... We, we didn't really have a full thesis, but what we essentially did was say, hey, look, there's a gap in the market. No Indian music is available on iTunes. Let's, you know, kind of solve this problem, right? So, you know, that was kind of the route to where it was like, okay, how do people like me who's making music right. get it on iTunes? Right, well, right. there needs to be somebody who's doing that. Right. Creating the, you know, setting up Basically the Basically creating the market for it. Setting right. up the pipe. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we did. So, and, you know, so iTunes was like, hey, okay, that's interesting. I mean, but you guys are like a small label. You have a bunch of things. And we're like, no, no, no. We have the whole Indian music industry, you know? Like, just, You're bullshitting yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, right? And they were like, okay, uh, you know, they gave us a contract. Okay, we took that contract and we literally flew to Mumbai. And again, through a certain network, you know, found our way to meet with like all the label heads, you know? So we met with the biggest... So is it like music labels in India? Is that kind of similar to here? Like, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Except... The music industry in India was more based on the film industry. Right. So the late, yeah, exactly. soundtracks and movies, basically. Exactly. So, so we basically then went and spoke to one of the biggest labels in India and said, hey, look, you know, here's our deal. With Apple wants your music. Right yeah, now. exactly. Let's, they're like, all right, let's do a deal. So we did a deal with them. And then we started building. So, what, so this, I mean, like to get into the, like the sort of nuts and bolts of this, like, what is the deal? Like, you know, like you say, okay. Like, we took exclusive rights to the internet. 
for their entire catalog. So what, how do you monetize it? Like, what do you set? Like, then if someone downloads something from iTunes, you get a percentage of it. Yeah, exactly. So, they so, get a percentage so, of it. so iTunes is ninety nine cents. Right. We get seventy percent of it from them, right? So from that seventy percent, we share. Uh, with the labels for doing all the work, so we had to go and digitize. So all the Apple only keeps twenty cents, like say like at that time. Like thirty. They, or they keep thirty cents of the 20, song. Yeah. Okay, and then there'd be seventy cents left over, and then you'd split that or whatever the arrangement was with the Bollywood folks. That's right. So for them, it was like, hey, sweet, I'm going to get thirty-five cents for like every song that someone downloads, and I'm getting nothing for it right now. Exactly. And for you, it was like I'm, you're basically like kind of like a middleman, like you yes, know, you're just bringing which, the product which is why we to the market. That's right. Or the product to the marketplace, yeah. Yeah, so then over the course of the next three years, we ended up owning 80% of the market, like 89, because, you know, a few other players came in, but 80, 80% of all Bollywood, every eight out of 10 Is movies, that Savin? Was that the company called Savin? Yeah, by 2007, we start, established it as Savin. Well, and what is that? Like what? South Asian Audio Visual Network. Oh, so it's an acronym. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's cool. But Savin means... Like the new season, like the season of love. It's like a Bollywood term, you know? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so, 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 you know, and at the time when we created the word S-A-A-V-N, you would type that into Google and you would have zero results, like yeah. in, in Google, like there was no search results. So when we made Saban, we created Saban.com. We, uh, yeah. you know, I, mean, I literally just Googled it before you came in here. I also Googled, Googled you. you have, do you have a Wikipedia page? Do I? I think you do. Yeah, oh, yeah, it could be. I was yeah. like, oh, shit, you're legit. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, no, so so yeah, man. I mean, uh, I made it a very long story, but the long no, short of it is that we we then you know realized over time that while we controlled all this content, we would go to Apple and we'd be telling them, hey, listen, we need to make a Bollywood category. You guys need to launch in India. Like you know, when people are searching the name of the movie. It, it, there's no way for those results to populate yeah, because, yeah, because yeah. it's just not made for the Indian market, right. right? And they would like be like, look, it's just not big enough for them. They have other things that they were focusing on, blah, 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 whatever. So then we, um, you know, we got really frustrated one time. And this is like 2009. And we just kind of walked out. And you're two, two years into this at that point, right? This is no, this is like, uh, no, no. Well, we started, we, we established the name Sabin later on, but okay. we were operating under a, a previous name. Gotcha. Called, so it was like five years into it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, originally it was called Bollywood On Demand, Video On okay. Demand, right? So Sound anyway. Was, sounds much cooler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, anyway, so long and short of it um, is that we we got really frustrated and we said, you know what, fuck this. I mean, can it's I even say that? Yeah, yeah. We're we're, we're we're gonna we're gonna do this ourselves. We're just gonna make this ourselves. Like basically, you're like, okay, we're gonna make an iTunes. Yeah. We're gonna compete with iTunes. Yeah. Oh wow. Because we're just like these guys aren't getting it, and there's like a billion people over there, like they're just not getting it. And uh, and so we were like, all right, we'll just do it ourselves. And and because no service could really do it. And at that time, we were like, you know what? Like downloads are like of the past, man. Everyone's going to be streaming, blah blah blah. Right. So we, was anyone streaming yet? Like Spotify uh, Pandora was just Pandora. coming out. Pandora was just coming out. Okay. You know? But um, but you can't even pick the songs really. That exactly. You, want. you, you can't, can't pick make the songs that you want. Blah, can't blah, blah. You can't do it. Yeah. Exactly. So 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 we so we basically you know saw saw all of that, and I think. We probably saw it around the same time that Spotify did. Okay. You know, um, they were probably you know a couple of years before us uh, in in the streaming world. Uh, you know, uh, but they were doing it in Europe and and whatever. And are you like friends with those guys? Like, because you guys are doing the same. Yeah, show. I mean, we know them. We met them actually before we did our deal. We were in talks with them. You know, about maybe actually, guys, okay. yeah, like you know, maybe collaborating or something, some strategic right. partnership or yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean. 
we've come across them multiple times over the years. But but look, um, we just decided that we need to make it. So we made our we we ended up kind of hiring a bunch of engineers out in Mountain View in California. We created our first version of of Salvin.com and scrapped it, and then realized like what are all the problems that we needed to solve, and really kind of figured this out in a method, you know, like in the right way. Like and and we were creating like stuff at the time that was just path breaking, like you, where you can listen to a song. And while you're listening to a song, you can search and play and find other Pick songs song, and keep right. adding them to like your playlist. Those are the beginning right. of playlists. Um, so we were just creating that stuff, you know, like before anybody else. Wow. Right? So you just had like some, I guess, like tech guys. Like, hey, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, kind of like when I'm like these guys, hey, can you edit this video like in this particular way? I don't know how to do it, but I know like, my, what my vision of it is. Yes. It's the same thing. Hey, guys, we need to be able to search for a song and add it to a playlist. Figure out how to do it. That's right. That's like, right. Exactly. I mean, and, and obviously there's, you know, uh, you know, there's a whole system now. There's a whole process. I mean, right. there, I mean, there's major companies that are obviously building product right. at that time. So, so we were able to recruit actually a team of guys that were originally working at Yahoo at the time. And um, they came in. This is their passion as well. Everyone connects around the music, yeah, right? Yeah. At the end of the day. Right. Uh, and, and, and I remember um, this guy, Anurag, he, he had come on board and he was one of our key engineers at the time. And he's like, listen, if you're going to leave Yahoo to do a startup, it better be a music streaming startup, you know? And, yeah. and, and, and that's what he did. Oh, that's awesome. But, um, and so you guys, I imagine these guys come at a premium, right? I mean, the guys come of from course. Yahoo. Like you Look, pay uh, we had to raise capital. I mean, this, this, this was something that, you know, I, I always wanted to do independent of my, of my family. I right. just wanted to see what I can do, you know? And I just went out there and, 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 and it was kind of my role within the partnership to raise the money, right? So I just went out to a bunch of people, friends, family, and, you know, we had just raised millions of dollars to run this business, you know, um, just privately. Wow. And then it wasn't until we launched Sabin in 2010, you know, Sabin.com, and we actually ended up doing this partnership with Google at the time. And at that time, because we were being a distributor to so many companies, Apple, Google, Amazon, we had, you know, relationships at that time with everybody. So we leveraged those, and and so Google basically loved the fact that we had aggregated all this data. We launched a streaming service. It, the tech was really strong, and they said, "Hey, look, let's partner. Let's kind of rid pirate of you know get rid of piracy in India," and and so we did this partnership with Google, where if you would ever search for a song or an artist, you it know, Salvin would be the first result wow. ahead of all these pirated results. And then that just started bringing all this traffic, right? And then they basically invited us Did out. Did like your systems like burn out? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, like... actually we had to. So that was one of the reasons why we were like, we really needed capital, right? And then, you know, from you know, to the next level, what happened was is that they invited us out to Mountain View and they were like, look, you know, India is a really important market for us. And, you know, we need to basically, um, you know, we're going to be launching this thing. It's kind of like the iPhone. It's this thing called Android. And we need apps for it, you know. Oh, and, wow. and they're like, if you build this app for us, we'll basically be able to, you know, introduce you to all of the, you know, handset manufacturers and all these different, you know, people who are going to be releasing these new phones with, with this Android operating system. So we're like, okay, cool. Like we never thought of creating an app right then. We were actually thinking we'll first make an iPhone app because that had just come out. But then we said, okay, we'll start with Android. And we, you know, built this Android uh-huh. app. I think in India, most people use Android stuff. Already. Today, yeah. yeah. India is like 90% plus Android market. Right. So, you know, um, Apple is still very expensive for the market. Right. But, you know, we're seeing some interesting changes now. Um, 
where Apple's gaining market share, but it, but you know it's still yeah. a long way to go. Anyway, coming back to the story, once we had actually started, you know, releasing our Android app and it was getting great traction, and again, the tech was always very, very strong. The experience was really, really, you know, delightful. And you know, uh, we we basically at that point we needed like at that point servers were starting to burn down, right. and at that point we really needed capital, and uh, so we went out and we kind of started raising, went to more institutional investors, and we needed a much more significant uh-huh. amount of money. And we were fortunate to get this, uh, you know, investor who believed in us, believed in what we were doing. That's present day. Uh, he, well, that he. This is 2011, okay. right? And it was a company called Tiger Global. So okay. Tiger Global invested, you know, in multiple rounds with us, and they were our largest investor until earlier this year, right? So earlier this year, what happened was that Reliance Geo, which is the biggest telecom company in India, in the in the world, or well, going to be in the world. Uh-huh. Uh, absolutely, yes, they're going to be. Um, but at, you know, in the last two years, they've added 250 million subscribers. Wow! In India. So, you know, uh, it's an interesting story, but what had happened was... So it's like a quarter of the population. Actually, less than a quarter now, because the population right. is still growing pretty fast. But um, their goal over the next couple of years is to get to seven, 800 million, wow. uh, you, know, you know, subscribers in India, right? And they have the... It's called the biggest startup in the world. They basically invested, you know, over 30, 40 billion dollars now, and they basically built the, the largest you know, 4G and now 5G infrastructure across India, right? Wow. And and they just changed the mindset. They basically started giving data away for free, you know? And by giving away data for free, everyone started using data a lot more. Right, right. And they gave great, great products and services on top of it. And so they changed, They just kind of brought India into like the modern age of data, right. you know? And, uh, and what was interesting is that what they saw in their data was that of all the streaming services, why is Savin streaming so much more, right? Like why is... So know, there are a bunch of competitors? Are there a bunch of competitors, streaming services in India? Oh, there are. There are now. We were the first to launch. Uh-huh. Uh, we were the first to launch and we had the first mover advantage. And, you know, we were the first guys to partner with Facebook, with WhatsApp, uh-huh. with Shazam, you know, right. with Twitter, um, you know, right. and, and recently Snapchat, right. you know. Um, we're, so because of those relationships, we basically... Um, you know, created an experience that was unique and something that others couldn't do, right? And, you know, with all the labels, like we, we've now just crossed over 40 million tracks available on our service, you know, wow. that dwarfs any other service in India, right? Wow. So what is like, just for point, like comparison purposes, like Spotify, like Spotify? Same. Same. Yeah, it's comparable. We have the same, same. That's insane, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, so so it's exciting. I mean, uh, our goal of the next two years uh, is to be able to get to anywhere from three to 500 million users on Sovereign. And, uh, you know, the, the plan is to take it public on NASDAQ, you know. Um, recently this year, Spotify went public. They're a $35 billion company today. Wow. They're a very different market. I mean, Tencent Music, which is the company in China that you talked about, they're looking at, you know, a, a, an initial public offering at anywhere from 30 to $50 billion, you wow. know. They're more of a comp to what we are because mm-hmm. they have... Uh, you know, I think 600 million users now in China. Wow. On their platform. Sick. So, Crazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess you must have just learned so much about, like, because even these numbers for you, like, must have been staggering to wrap your head around. I mean, you've been growing with the company, but 
you must have like some yeah, advanced a, business knowledge, to, you know, like you've accumulated oh, man, from doing this. Right? It's just, it's just been a, such a journey and such a learning experience every step of the way, yeah. every step of the way, you know, and, and like, even, even till we, we kind of partnered with Geo earlier this year, you know, we were thinking, Hey, you know, if we got to 60 million users, 80 million users, maybe we can go like, you know, public, but then, you know, by partnering with them and seeing, you know, the it's potential of what, yeah. what they're doing and how they're transforming India. It was like 10 times what your exactly. was, right? That's exactly. Like, exactly. So, so, so it's kind of like, you know, you just keep building, 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 you know, you're doing something right. You know, you're creating something for the market. People are giving you the right feedback. Yeah. Everyone's saying, Hey, I, I can't live without this app. You know, uh, you know, artists are happy, labels are happy, you know, so, so you just keep building, you know, you yeah. keep building, 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 you create an ecosystem, you make sure that it makes economic sense for everybody, you yeah. know, and uh, manage the investors, you know, make sure your users are happy, you know, and then, yeah. and then these things just keep happening, right? And, and look, one of the things that I always believed, and this is, again, going back to, you know, learning in my experiences with my dad and everything was that, you know, anything that you want to do, right? As long as if you, if for me, at least if, right. if it's making people happy or if yeah. it's like, it has some positive effect on totally the world right. or on the environment, you know, that's what I want to do. Right? right. Because then, then it's kind of a, you know, you get the double benefit, right? right. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a believer in karma, right? Yeah, so it's man. like, if, if we're making hundreds of millions of people feel good and, and, and giving them an experience that's helping them or changing their life or whatever, right? Just making them happy or just whatever, you know, yeah. that, that's, that's a great feeling for me, you know? Yeah, and, that's like the energy you put in and the energy you get out. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's why any business that I've ever kind of done, uh, you know, and now I invest in companies, I'm on the board of companies, you know, all have that thesis, right. you know, whether it's in sports or, or yeah. education. Exactly. Yeah. Wow, man. I mean, we got to, I mean, there must have been a bunch of hiccups, I imagine, though. I mean, you know, this is like obviously a tremendous success story, you know, but, you know, behind every like major success, right, there's like got to be a dozen failures, like dozens of Oh, yeah. You must have been at the brink of closing or folding. Or, like, you know, <laughs> I mean, Many times. Yeah. Many times. Oh, man. I'll give you, I'll give you one of the, one of the horror stories. So this is like two, so, so a couple of them, right? So somebody recently asked us that, like, we had this all hands, you know, kind of, uh, conference with our entire company and, and one of the people on the team asked us they were like you know through this journey like what has been like the most difficult time ever right and and there's multiple like there are multiple times when you would you would just be like oh my god this is all over you know and uh, and so one of them was we because there was such fierce competition in India one of our biggest content providers, right? Uh, we basically couldn't agree to terms and we had to switch off their content, Wow! right? And this is early. This is when it was like vulnerable. It's like uh -huh. 2012, you know, we we're just building Sovereign. We had just raised right. this capital. And there were, you were providing that content to, were you still providing it to iTunes and stuff at that point? No, or, well, no. We, we, we kind of started winding that down mm -hmm. because like the, like Sovereign started getting so much traction gotcha, you that, that. that we were just like, you know what? And, 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 you know, coming back to one of your earlier points, we didn't want to be the middleman anymore. Right. right. Like we felt like our job was done. We already digitized India. You right, know, right. What, what, what's the next thing, you know? Right, right, right. Um, so, so yeah. And, and so we lost our content provider and that was uh, horrific, man. It took us a year to get that, that content back, but that was almost... From them or from someone else? From them. From them. Yeah, it was like 20, it was like... 
Did you thirty thirty percent of our streams? Wow, you know, what was that time? Them a bit. A shit kind of money. Yeah, no, we had to we had to renegotiate terms, and and it was really also because another competitor came in and was trying to take exclusive rights, and the market was in flux. You right. know, they, like there were just new people that, you know, new competitors that had just launched. This is two years after we had launched, right? So yeah. so 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 people were trying, and you know, it was very early days. It was the wild the wild east, I'd say, um, and and so you know, any eventually we got the content back, but. Man, we had to be resilient, man. We had to like reprogram playlists. We had to like make other content popular. We had to, you know, manage yeah. our investors. Innovate and, to survive. And man. still grow, yeah. and still grow, you know? Uh, another such example, you know, was that this is like 2013 or 14, something like that. Um, you know, one of our biggest investors, they were having, you know, some, some trouble with one of their other investors in India and, and things were difficult for them at the time. So while they were really bullish before, they started kind of getting a little bearish. And so we needed to find a new lead investor. So we found this new lead investor that came in that was leading like one of our rounds of capital. And literally we're, we're about to close about, you know, a month before we close. And now we're running out of money. Like we literally have wow. money. And uh, you're about to fall. The whole company. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Meaning, well, you know, generally, that's why we're raising new, new, new capital, right? That's why we were just kind of, yeah. uh, you know, because like right, the idea. Was, so yeah. we were expecting on that money to come in, right, right. And and because that was the whole deal and everything, and we'd spent almost a year of due diligence working with these guys, getting them excited about what we're doing, blah blah blah. Literally a month before we're supposed to close, or when the funds are supposed to come in, um, one of the one of the guys who was reading, leading the whole thing, he ends up leaving the company or leaving the fund, and going somewhere else. And you know, then they they basically pause on all their decisions, and they're like, "We need to figure out what we're doing." And we were like, "Oh man!" Literally, we have a month of money left. You know, we we just lost our investor, and we're like, "How the hell are we going to do this?" And Man, you know that's, that's like that's, a big dollar amount. Yeah, I mean the the, the investment round at that time was fifteen million dollars. Wow, right? So fifteen million is supposed to come in month later, a month in a, in a month, or like you know about to close, and we run out of money. You know, we're burning a couple million dollars a month at the time, right? Wow. So man, you know, we just basically had to hustle. We had to like literally, you know, we didn't sleep for a month, you know, flying all over the place, flying all over the place, taking meetings. Yeah, and 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 really kind of, um, and 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 we did it, man. Like you know, we we pieced it together, but you know, we we kept we kept the lights on. No, you know, nobody missed a payroll ever, you know, and wow. we just made sure that you know we got through it, man, and. Yeah, it's 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 never it's not been easy, you know. No, nothing is, man. You know, it's it's always um, it's always so easy to like look at where someone is right now, right, and just say, "Wow, that's like that's amazing." You know, so lucky, or can't believe that. Oh, I wish I thought of that idea, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But the amount of hustle, man, that just goes into creating anything successful, man. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, whatever the scale of it is. I mean, this is obviously tremendous scale that I still can't even wrap my head around after talking to you and learning all about it. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's a fucking grind, man. I mean, yeah, it's just it hustle is. and grind. And that's what always wins, you know? It's yeah. Always. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And, 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 you know, and, and the thing is that through this partnership now with Geo, it's actually, we really landed, you know, the company, right? right. Where, you know, obviously, you know, they, they took over 
a controlling stake in the business. We obviously still have to build a business and take an IPO so. and, and, and we're still running it. But it just, it took off the, like we were spending 30, 40% of our time raising, raising capital, money, right. raising capital, right? And now that time is just going back into being building a better company, mm-hmm. being creative. Um, you know, we launched this thing that's been really exciting called AO, which is Artist Originals. Well, we're working with these independent artists now, and and we've been putting out music. You're yeah, so. like the biggest song, number one song of them. Right? Yeah, the number one song Bom last Diggy, year Bom was called Bomb Diggy. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so we released that, and and that just became a smash, you know. And literally, if you look it up, it's still number one song. Yeah. I, I, we've done few hundred million views on YouTube now and you know it's, it's, it's crazy it, it, yeah and and it's exciting well, I mean, that's kind of like where it sounds like you're being in full circle right like, yes that's where your passion kind of started being a musician and being a creative exactly you know? and then like you you know became a successful businessman now you're being creative and, and that's and that's really what it is because if you look at the root of where all this came from right going back to the beginning of the story right the reality is, is that, you know, it was always to be able to allow these artists and the, these musicians and get this music out to the world, right. right? And now it's just, it's so fulfilling because we're working with all these amazing artists, you know, that would have never had a platform, never had an outlet, and now are able to get their music out to the world, you know, and, and, and you know, we're enabling that, man. And it's exciting, you know, so. It is exciting. We, did, we, just, we just released this new track with this artist, uh, Anik Khan. Um, and it's a song called Big Facts. You know, I want to play it for you guys, yeah. but you know, it's 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 really we'll, awesome. We'll play it on the video for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. let's do that. Facts, bro, these are so facts. Big tunes, big checks, big racks, bro. Facts, bro, these are so facts. Who's this? Who's that? Shit, whack, bro. Facts, bro, these are so facts. Do that. Um, I'll send you the the video. You can use awesome, it for man. promotional use for sure. Yeah. No, I'm <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and, and, and Anik, he's got, you know, a great career ahead of him. I mean, so many artists that we're working with, you know, that are now, you know, our goal over the next couple of years is we got to, we have to yeah. win a few Grammys ourselves, yeah, you know, definitely. So, take, you got to take me to the show. Man. Yeah, it's done. The after sure. parties. For sure. Yeah, we get some of that swag too, you know. Those, no like, doubt. No doubt. P. Diddy. I mean, that's why we call you P. Diddy. That's why I call you P. Diddy. <laughs> You're the P. Diddy in my world. And, uh, I can't thank you enough, man. I mean, this is. It was an incredible story. Yeah, thank yeah, you, man. Yeah. This is fun, you yeah. know. Uh, and 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 honestly, I'm, you know, I've been following. It's been it's been really inspirational, Darsh. I have to say, you know, I, I love all the content that you've been making. It, uh, you know, we got to get this podcast on Sabin too. Yeah, I was telling yeah. Darsh about that. So so oh, so, so we're, we're gonna work on that. And uh, and, and uh, thank you so much for having me. Hey, thank man. you. Guys. All right, man. Thanks, brother. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Mudgill podcast. You can find the corresponding video to this podcast on my YouTube channel and on Instagram TV, where you can find me at dr underscore mudgill. Let's get it.